Welcome to episode 32 of the Less is Made podcast. I am your host, Les, and I do want to apologize for not updating or coming out with a new podcast episode in the past couple of weeks. I have done quite a bit of recording, and I just did not like the audio or the way it sounded, and I've been doing some soul-searching trying to figure out what I really want to do with this to make it fresh. And I'm thinking about making this little podcast experiment of mine go into another direction. I'm still going to keep talking to beautiful models and talk about my photography experiences still as I am still a photographer and love talking about the adventures I do because of photography but I'm gonna try a little something different as I had done some episodes talking about anime comic books and just talking about the differences between like Florida and Maine as I did with my friend Kyle in the latest episode I've even done histories of Foam fighting, which I am still a big part of, and had my friend MC from the MC Anime Podcast on here talking about how his whole transition, he went from being a blogger to being basically a full-time podcaster, talking about anything and everything Japanese culture and anime-wise. So I myself am going to... You know, bring in a little bit of history, talk about things that I like, and go a little more in-depth at them. But before I get to that, I would like to talk about, I did a winter queen shoot not too long ago with Tabitha, who you have heard being a guest on my show last year. I was actually the photographer to her being the model, and... It was really, really great. It was a little cold out, but it was still nice. She found this nice place by the Kanduske Stream. They had icicles. She came out with beautiful hair and this beautiful purple dress. And I am planning on going into Photoshop and doing some like cool edits. Maybe making her be like Elsa from Frozen. Because I feel like she was definitely an ice queen. So to speak, cat pun intended. Not saying that she's not mean or she has ice cold, but, you know, it was winter, it's cold, she's wearing a dress, she looked like a queen, ice queen, heh, get it? It's a joke. Alright, anyways. <laughs> but yes, that was, she was the latest adventure I did in photography. She is always fun to work with, and I'm hoping that as it warms up and spring is coming, I'm going to try to have more photo shoots. But it's just been a little hard with people dealing with the weather and winter. It kind of hinders the traveling. But when I can shoot, I'm having fun with it. And I would like to pivot and bring up a hero to me. His, his name is Benjamin Solomon. He was a captain in the U.S. Army during World World War II. He fought in the Pacific Theater against the Japanese. He was born in 1914 to a Jewish family from the Midwest. He was attending college at the University of South Carolina to be a dentist 
<clears throat> excuse me, when he was drafted in 1940 uh, to fight in the war. And from what I can do, all the research that I've seen, he he was well qualified in using a rifle and a pistol. And he served for a. He started as an enlisted soldier, and by 1942, he was made an officer, a first lieutenant. After he entered the Army Dental Corps, and he was given the promotion to become an officer because he was in the Dental Corps, and by all means, the commander of his regiment, the 105. Rifle regiment, in or infantry regiment. Sorry, he was called the best overall or all-rounded soldier in the whole regiment. And by 1943, he was made captain. He was given the rank of captain, moving up. And man, this is when he starts doing what he did. He was studying to be a dentist, and his unit was told. Sorry, his unit was part of the Battle of Taipan Island that began in June 15, 1944, and went to July 9th of 1944. Now, the Japanese, as fighters and as soldiers, are very stubborn, very... They're, they're known to not surrender. That's basically what they are taught to do. And when the, the U.S. military went in, it was both the Marines and the Army trying to clear out the island. The Japanese did not give it up real easily. They fought to keep every inch of that island from being taken over by our armed forces and the fighting was going on for a long time uh just i wouldn't say a long time but the brutal fighting was going on and it came to to the last 4000 japanese soldiers on july 6th of 1944 after almost a month and a half of horrible fighting there was only 4000 of them left and their commander, I think it was Gen General Sato, gave them the order to do a bonsai charge. Which, you don't know, in Japanese culture, a bonsai charge is basically, you're going to go, you know you're going to die, and you're just going to go fight to the death. Because it goes back to the Kota Bushido during the Samurai era, that if you are defeated or forced to retreat, it, you become a disgraceful to... Not only your family, but to your brothers in arms. And it is not looked well upon surrendering. So, they're on the island. They cannot leave. There's no way for them to evacuate or retreat. So, instead of surrendering, they decided that all available soldiers that were able to, to fight. I think there was 4,000 out of the 29,000 troops that were stationed there by the Japanese were left standing. So they all got together with whatever weapons they had. What I was able to find, it was described that the the civilians, the wounded, whoever was able to stand and move, grabbed the weapon. It could be they had 
there's rifles, machine guns, pistols, and some of them even picked up bamboo sticks to use as spears. And they charged at the American. Now, Captain Benjamin Solomon just took over as his infantry regiment's surgeon as the their official surgeon got injured and he was hurt. So he took over and started treating all his fellow soldiers that were wounded and pulling out teeth, I guess, you know, sewing up wounds, delivering morphine and doing whatever he can to take care of his fellow soldiers because he was a doctor and did have field surgeon experience. Now, when the attack on July 6th happened, they, the Japanese came full force. 4,000 plus soldiers just going in for an attack. Um, and he was basically at a base or a field hospital that was literally 50 yards from the front line defense. And he still had wounded patients there was a guard detachment there with a with a big machine gun that was watching them. And Captain Solomon decided to stay behind and help fight so his patients that he was taking care of could be taken away or evacuated. And the story goes that he picked up an M1 rifle that was laying near him as he was patching up his patients. And killed one soldier as he came in and hit him with the bayonet and then shot two more that were coming in and then he joined the fight. When the battle ended and the Americans came up and were checking everything afterwards, it is said Captain Solomon was shooting at the Japanese soldiers and he lasted for so long that the the manned machine gun that they had embedded there, the the crew was dead. He jumped onto the machine gun by himself, and it takes, I think, at least two or three people to man it. He started shooting it and firing at the enemy soldiers that were on a suicide charge towards him. It is said that he fought until the machine gun itself was jammed up where he can no longer use it. He took his sidearm and just began shooting at the Japanese soldiers just to give his patience and the rest of his unit time to get away. There's even a rumor saying that as he ran out of bullets, a Japanese soldier tried to strike him with a katana and he somehow managed to grab the katana, rip it away from the soldier and he started using that slashing at them on the gun embankment until he finally succumbed to the wounds. And according to the reports of when he was found, he died with 76 bullet wounds and many, many more stab wounds. Apparently, he received 24 stab wounds before he finally gave his last breath and died. And... The report says that he supposedly killed anywhere from 98 to 102 soldiers by himself. Now, to me, that is not only just a G.I. Joe badass right there, but just a very selfless man that put his life on the line to protect his patients and his fellow brothers in arm. Just by himself, he took out 
at least 98 Japanese soldiers who were on a suicide charge to do as much damage as they could before they would die, so to speak. The messed up part that I don't get about this whole story is he wasn't given his Medal of Honor until 2002 by President George Bush. I was reading a report that why he did not initially get it after the battle during World War II was because according to the laws of Geneva Convention, he was a medical officer and he is supposedly not allowed to fight. And that is why he did not get it. To me, I don't understand how you're protecting your soldiers. You are part of the unit and you know how to fight. You are trained to use weapons. But since he was considered a medical officer with the red cross on, he was he was not able or recognized to get the Medal of Honor until, I think, uh, until 2002, which is finally able to get the recognition this man deserves. And think about it. The man was only 29 years old when he died. 29 years old. Wasn't even 30. I don't know many people today that would put their life on the line for that and do what he did at the age of 29. I mean, it just so much about Captain Solomon is amazing to me. He was born in 1914, he was a dentist, he was just an all-around nice guy, he cared for his patients really good, and he risen from just being an enlisted man until four years later, getting the rank of captain within four years. I don't think that's, that happens a lot, you know, I mean, he risen through the ranks really good, and it was said that not only was he a doctor, but he was very prolific with his rifle, and with the pistol. So, the man knew how to fight. He was well-trained. He was just an all-around, just a true American hero, in my opinion. And I'm glad that he is finally being recognized for what he did so many years later and was given the Medal of Honor that he so solely deserves. I hope... You're liking my new formula or format going on. I do find Captain Benjamin Solomon just a great inspiration because it's just the selfless American way, I guess you should say. It's he was truly, truly a hero that we should all strive to, I think, take on or strive to be because he literally was what all American. He was very selfless, he did what he had to do, he fought for his country, and from everything I can find on him, he did not ask for this to happen. He just did it because he felt that it was right. I know it is a little different for what I usually do, a little bit more fun and you know, happy-go-lucky podcast, but I feel like something like this is something I'm trying to do. I want it to be... Something I feel like I want to continue to do. Maybe I should do a little bit more deep dives into stuff like this. I hope people enjoy what I am trying to do here. Not just, like I said, I just found Captain Solomon to be very interesting. And I feel he deserves to have his story told. Because I don't feel like he gets enough attention or his story hasn't been told as much as 
it should be. And so that's why I'm bringing it to my podcast. I want to have people know about this man and what he did. His story is just very inspirational to me. I know I'm rambling on a little bit. It's my first time trying something new, and I am liking it. I had had to do quite a bit of research. Uh, I tried to put some of the notes on there. There's a couple of YouTube videos that that I have seen about him. Uh, just go on YouTube, look up Captain Benjamin Solomon, and you'll have at least three or four videos that I saw there about anywhere from like three minutes to eight minutes long if you want to know a little bit more about him. But yeah, I'm trying something different here and I hope that people like it. So thank you all for listening to episode 32 of the Lesson Made podcast. I hope everyone has a good day or good night whenever you're listening to this. And until the next episode I give you, peace out.